0: It's time to turn your dream into bold action. As a Christ-centered coach and mentor to women changing the world, I firmly believe that we all have a gift given to us by God, and we are meant to share that gift with the world. Your gift was given to you to help make others' lives better. Let's turn your passion into an authentic and profitable business that reflects who you are at your core. Welcome to the Dream Launcher Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Ferrara as I can remember, I have prayed when I laid my head down on my pillow at night. It was usually the same prayer, unless there was something especially troubling that I needed to take before God or ask God to do. But even that was rare, when I might ask Him for something. Until one night, around the year 2000, I had spent the evening Going back and forth with my ex-husband over holiday vacation, the visitation, right? It always seemed to be a frustrating time, a frustrating event, even though we usually did keep it civil, but it was still frustrating. I think trying to be nice while also get your way, right? We were probably about a year removed from a very intense custody battle and it started because i wanted to move from memphis tennessee to little rock arkansas about 2 hours away i was still carrying a lot of anger from our divorce and then it was compounded by the pressure of this battle to keep from keep us from moving that 2 hours after the frustrating conversations and mad scheduling to try to keep both sets of grandparents happy while also ensuring everyone got to have some good quality time with our son and adhering to the visitation schedule, I was exhausted and I was mad. I was really mad. And I had nobody to vent to, no one to yell at, just me and my pillow. And I was sick of being mad. I had been mad for years. So that night... My prayer was very different than the usual, thank you, God, for a good day. Please watch over us and keep us safe. Amen. I prayed that prayer for years and years and years and not much more. But that night, my prayer was more like, God, I can't do this anymore. I can't hold on to this anger I can't hate these people anymore. I don't want to feel this anymore. Lord, take this anger from me. And to my amazement, he did. Right then, right there. I felt the most unusual feeling, and it started at the top of my head, and it went down my body, out my fingertips, all the way down out my toes. It was more than a tingle. It was immense peace. It was love. It was as though God had just been waiting for me to give up, to give it all over to him. All of the anger left my body, and I slept so good. I never heard a word from God that night, but there was no denying that he answered my prayer. That's not to say that I don't get mad or that those visitation discussions became any less frustrating, but when the anger came and when it comes today, I don't allow the resentment to build up inside of me anymore. I don't hold on to it. I'm quick to take it to Jesus, to give it to him, to ask him to help me with the situation that brought it on because I know he will because he did that night. So why wouldn't he do it again? I'm not perfect at this. There have been periods of time in my life where I have actually allowed anger back in. I've taken up those resentments and I've let that anger reside in the guest bedroom of my soul. But I'm thankful that it has been many years since that unwelcome, uninvited squatter came around because he knows he has nowhere to stay. He doesn't get to stay long. A friend of mine says, you open the front door, he may come in, but you just open the back door and you let him right on out. That's what you do when the devil comes around. I started with that story because this is my first experience hearing from God. It wasn't a voice, it wasn't a whisper in my mind, but it was a tangible expression of his love for me that overwhelmed me and released me from anger. Since then, I've learned that there are four primary ways that we hear from God. On today's episode, we're digging into hearing from God. After all, if we're going to lean into God to help us carry out this mission He has given us, this dream that He has given us, we need to understand how we might actually hear that direction from Him. There are four typical ways that God speaks to us. And as I describe these to you, I hope you discover His creativity and how he personalizes his relationship with us. He uses all of our senses, which is why I will usually ask a client, what are you sensing versus what are you hearing? Because it could come in any of these four ways and it could come in ways that aren't specific to these four, but they typically can kind of fit into one of these categories anyway. So the first is you can hear him speak. His word could be written, or spoken. You can see him speak. This could be dreams, pictures, visions. You can feel him speak. This could be through our emotions or even through our body like it was for me. The fourth way is knowing. And really it's hard to pinpoint this one on how you know. It's just that you know. And you just know that you know. And you can't describe because you didn't hear it audibly, you didn't see it, and you didn't feel it. It was just there. As I prepared this episode, I realized that it's going to have to be a short series. So let's dig into the first one, which is hearing him speak. So hearing God through his word. The Bible is the written word of God. Logos in the Greek, is used to refer to the constant written word which is recorded in the Bible. When you take time to immerse yourself in the Bible on a consistent basis, it will begin to become a part of you. I used to approach the Bible like this history book that was old and ancient and lifeless. And really, as I read those words off the page, it was. It was a chore to read it because I was doing it alone. I would open my Bible to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, and begin reading. I did that many times, and I never got very far, because by the time I made it to counting the firstborn sons in numbers, I was bored and defeated. How did anyone understand what they were reading? I didn't get it. Then about 10 years ago, I heard someone say the Bible comes alive when you invite the Holy Spirit to read it with you. That changed the game completely. So I gave it a try. Wow, like no kidding, total game changer. It was a totally different experience reading the Bible after that. The words began to make sense and they came together to tell the story of Jesus. That's a vastly different experience then when I just read the Bible by reading the daily scripture in the Bible app or a short devotional, those are good steps, and they're good things to stay in the Word and stay learning, keep learning. But it's not the same as opening up the Bible, flipping open those pages, right? You hear it, flipping open those pages and reading the Word, reading and listening as you read. And when you invite the Holy Spirit into that experience, it's just different. So now my practice is to read a couple of sections of the Bible at a time, usually something from the Old Testament, something from the New Testament, and then something from Proverbs or Psalms, and read a book of the Bible all the way through, right? So I might be in Right now I'm in Isaiah in the Old Testament, I'm in Acts in the New Testament, and then I'm in Psalms. And so that's how I have changed how I read, because one, I didn't start on just page one. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that. I did do that. I have done that and I've read it all the way through, but I, I just read it heading to heading at this point. So, you know, there's the bold section that kind of gives you the topics, the subject. This part is going to be about this. It tells you a little bit into what the next part of scripture is going to be. So I read heading to heading. So I get a complete picture of of the story. And then the next day I read the next heading to the next heading, right? Or that heading to the next heading. And so that really helps um, helps me to really let that word sink in. I'm getting the whole picture. I'm getting the word of God into me. And not only that, but that consistency of asking the Holy Spirit to read it with me and show me what I need to know or what I can apply to my life right now from what I'm reading. It's night and day from how I used to read the Bible because it's no longer a history book. It's a life. It's the living word of God. There's no other way to put it. And if I'm struggling with a particular issue, you know, or curious about something, what the Bible says about a topic, then sure, I will look up the scriptures that correspond with that topic. And I'll read a little bit um, before and after whatever scripture is suggested so that I can get the full context reading the word of God is the foundation for every other way that you are going to hear from God. Because the more that you read within the Bible, the more that you get that part, that foundational piece into you, it's going to become part of your spirit and you will more easily recognize his voice or those other three ways of seeing and hearing and feeling and, and, and the knowing you will know that it's him because his voice will be familiar based on what you've been reading but let me be clear this is not a prescription and I'm not going to condemn those who still struggle to understand as they read the bible because I know where you were I've been where you were I was there for well over 20 years I was the bible was dry but my advice to you is not to give up find what works So one thing that I did is I realized that the version of the Bible that I had, I just couldn't understand it. And so I know I went to a local store that has all the, has Bibles and I started looking at the different ones. Today, you can get the YouVersion app, the Bible app, and you can find a scripture and you can read it in the multiple versions. I did this the other night with my daughter as she was deciding and choosing a new Bible and trying to decide if that was a version that she was going to understand, right? And so you read it in the multiple versions and you, then, as you do that, the more you do that, then you'll find you're drawn to a particular version because it makes sense from the beginning. It makes sense the first time you read it. And so if you haven't found that Bible, if you're, if you're just using whatever Bible you grew up with and it doesn't make sense, try a different version. I have typically, what I have settled in, I kind of go between a few, but I have settled in NLT as the one that that resonates with me from the aspect of I can read it and understand it. Um, sometimes I do flip back to New King James Version. Um, that's what I grew up with. And then other times I'll go into ESV or the Passion Translation or NIV, depending on what I'm doing. And it sometimes... It just helps me to read it even in the different versions or the amplified even, um, when I'm trying to understand something deeper, because each one gives a little different nuance to the same scripture. And so that's one way that really helps me and has helped me to go deeper as I read the Bible, um, is looking into it in different ways like that and the different, different versions of it. Um, all right, so moving on to the spoken word of God. This is revelation word. God speaks audibly and he speaks in the still, small inner voice. So I'm going to read from 1 Kings 19:7 through 13, and this is in the New Living Translation, NLT. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, Get up and eat some more, or the journey ahead will be too much for you. So one, an angel spoke to him. So he got up and he ate and drank, and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. Then he came to a cave where he spent the night. But the Lord said to him, So now God is speaking directly to him. It's not clear in this part of the scripture how he spoke, if it was audible or if it was just something that he heard in his head, right? But the Lord said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah replied, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. So it's clear that Elijah knew he was speaking to God. He didn't say, the way that he phrased it, let me say this, he said, The people of Israel have broken their covenant with you. He didn't say broken their covenant with God, with you. He knew he was speaking to the Lord. Okay, so this says, go out and stand before me on the mountain. God tells him this, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and he went out and stood at the entrance of the cave and a voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? So the scripture mentions that he heard a whisper then he went out to the entrance of the cave and he heard a voice. The rhema word. Rhema is the spoken word of God or the revelatory word. Rhema is personal. It is a direct answer to your question or a prophetic word that you may receive. It can also be God calling out to get your attention. It can be that audible voice that says, Stephanie, listen up. Or, Stephanie, where are you? This is Adam. Where are you? The audible voice of God, as I'm sure you know, is rare. <laughs> but God does use it. My personal experience with, the, with that spoken word of God is that it's more like the thoughts in my head. It sounds like my thoughts. However, it is clear that they are not my own. And the reason why I can say that is because my my sheep hear my voice, right? They know my voice. I have learned. It has taken practice. But I have learned to hear the voice of God. And so it does take practice. It takes that practice to distinguish his voice from your own voice in your head. And the, the you can test it. It's just something that isn't, um, I can't tell you. I'd love to be able to tell you he sounds like this, <laughs> but he doesn't always. Okay. So I can't tell you he's always going to sound like he's speaking from the King James Bible because he's not. And I can't tell you that he's always always going to say, thus sayest the Lord, say the Lord, or this is God speaking to you because he's not. What's happening is that there's a personal relationship that's getting built there. And then that personal relationship, say so you're talking to your friend, when your friend then, like, you ask your friend a question and she responds to you, she doesn't have to say, I am Allison and I am telling you and then giving you the answer, right? You know her voice. So you know that she's the one speaking to you. And when you develop that personal relationship with Jesus, when you develop that personal relationship with the Holy Spirit that's in you, then you know God is speaking to you. You just know. It's different. Usually, when I hear from the Holy Spirit, it is in prayer or it's in response to questions or worries that I have. I may be actively worrying about something, and then I hear a very distinct voice in my head that calms me, encourages me, tells me, You don't need to worry about that. Leave it to me. And I know I'm not going to tell myself that, so, so I feel very confident that that is the Holy Spirit speaking to me. Now, if you struggle with negative thoughts, I'm going to caution you on how you test how you test those thoughts because I'm sure you know we live in a world where there is good and evil. And so we can have the Holy Spirit speaking to us, but we can also have the devil or an unclean spirit speaking to us. And the distinction is that when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, it's going to come with a peace that is tangible. And I don't mean like that tangible peace that I felt over my body, but, but you're going to know there is peace with it. But if you're hearing a tinge of condemnation or the words that you hear pouring out, or pouring out shame and doom, they are not the Holy Spirit. That is not from God. And you don't want to listen to that voice. So the Holy Spirit will speak truth. Now, that truth may be a little uncomfortable. You may be getting a little correction from the Holy Spirit. But know that even when he corrects, he encourages and he shows you a way out. He doesn't condemn you. He doesn't pour out any shame on you. When he points out, when the Holy Spirit points out something in your life that needs correcting, Maybe it's somebody that you need to forgive. It's going to come with love. You're going to feel that peace in his words. Now, you may buck up against it and you may say, no, they don't deserve me for me to forgive them. They did X, Y, Z to me. I'm not ready to let that go. They need to apologize. But if the Holy Spirit is calling you out, saying you really need to forgive that person, know that forgiveness is a command from God. It's not a feeling and it has nothing to do with whether or not they deserve forgiveness or not. This is a bit of a tangent, but this is one big thing that that will hinder you from hearing from God, from really being able to walk out in His purpose and His desires for you is by holding unforgiveness against somebody. But He will help you To get to the feeling once you choose to go ahead and forgive. We'll make that a different episode. (laughs) Ultimately, the Holy Spirit, he may point out an error in your life, but he will also tell you how you need to correct it. And the first thing to do when he has pointed out that error is to just say, forgive me, Lord. Thank you for showing me this. Thank you for showing me where I am not walking in your will. Please forgive me, and I receive your forgiveness. In 1 John 4, 1, in the New King James Version, it it says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So how do you test what you hear? This is back to those negative thoughts. Or it may just sound a little bit off. I've had that happen before. It sounds kind of good. <laughs> it sounds like it's a maybe what you even want, but there's something in you that just kind of says, ah, but was it God? Holy Spirit, was that really you that said that? So this is how you test the spirits. The great thing is, John goes on to tell us this is how you how you do it, right? He tells us. So let's continue reading in 1 John 4, 2 through 3. By this, you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. So when you're getting those condemning thoughts, when you're getting those condemning answers, or you're getting answers that have a bit of negativity or even a you deserve, blah, 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 can come in many ways, right? Start by asking more questions. The first one being, the one who just spoke to me, do you confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh and is of God? And if you hear no, Or more importantly, if you hear nothing, they're refusing to answer. Then there's a quick prayer that you can say to tell that interfering spirit to go. Because it's getting in the way of you hearing from the Holy Spirit. It's getting in the way from you hearing from God. We don't want it to hang around. So this is the prayer that, that I suggest that I pray personally. In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you unclean spirit to flee from me. I bind you and cast you in the name of Jesus Christ. Sometimes, even if it isn't a negative response, I'll still ask more questions just to make sure that I heard correctly. First, I'll simply ask the same question again. Sometimes I rephrase the question. Oh, one point. I try to keep it yes or no questions, like that the answer would be yes or no especially with a really difficult decision where maybe I want to approach it one way, but I'm feeling this tug that maybe that's not right. So I really try to ask questions where the answer is yes or no, because then that's really easy to discern, right? You're either going to hear a yes or you're going to hear a no, or you're going to hear nothing. And to me, nothing is a no. (laughs) So Sometimes I try not to ask it, well, God, should I do A or B? So in my business, like, should I do a webinar or should I do a live launch or should I, and maybe I'm going through all these, well, should I do this? Should I do that? Should I do this? Should I do X, Y, Z? And I'm throwing all of it out there. I'm praying so much and saying so many words that I'm not even allowing him to speak to me. So I try to be very concise to keep it simple. Holy Spirit, should I do A? And wait for the yes or the no. If you get a yes, fantastic. Go on your way. Go do whatever A was. If you get the no or you get nothing, and there were two alternatives there, right? You had multiple choices. Then ask about the next one. So moving into the next step in hearing the spoken word, write it down. Two things happen when you write it down. First, you have something to go back to. So maybe you're questioning it later. It's like, no, I remember I asked very specifically and I wrote it down and this is what he said. And he said it on this day. Maybe it's something that gives you the, the evidence so that when A happened, right? <laughs> he said, yes, go do option A. And then you went and did option A and maybe it was a success, maybe it wasn't. And you're like, "What did I hear clearly? And it's like, you can go back and and look at what you wrote. Look at what you wrote around it. What re- What state of mind were you in? Like you can confirm you heard clearly. And I will let you know that not all the results are what we think they are, even when we hear clearly. But writing it down is very helpful for that confirmation. And second, sometimes more details come as you write and this is truly sure like real for me this happens all the time for me and i learned this when i first started going to intercessory prayer at our church um and i would ask the holy spirit what we needed to pray for for our church and i would get one answer one word not even one answer i would get one word one word and I'd be like, okay. Like, I might get love. <laughs> went, okay. Yeah, makes sense. Let's pray for our church that we have love. And then I'd ask more. I'd ask, you know, can you give me more? Can you give me? And I'd just hear love. And so I finally got to the point where, like, and it got a little comical for me because I would hear that word three times. And finally, finally, I would get my journal and my pen out, right? And I would, I would get this out and I'd start writing and I'd write love. And then all of a sudden, all these other words would start flowing out onto the paper. And that still happens today. In fact, I want to share what happened yesterday. I'm recording this on a Sunday and what happened yesterday on Saturday. And just for the heck of it, this is Saturday, September 16th, that I got this word in this way. So in my journal, I wrote, Holy Spirit, how should we pray? What is on God's heart for our church today? And I heard the word, remember. And then I heard it again. So of course, I wrote it down. He said, remember me always. Do not not let trouble or even peace and good times allow you to forget me. I am with you in trouble, and I am with you in good times. But my people have a tendency to forget me. In both extremes, they forget that it isn't all up to them or because of them. Yes, there are times when trouble comes because of others' decisions or your own mistakes. Sometimes I allow the trouble to come to be, oh, let me start that again. Sometimes I allow the trouble because there is something to learn from it. I allow it as a lesson to learn dependence on me and to build your character. And when blessings come your way, remember the one who sent them. Remember who gives you great gifts. Yes, you participate and you must be obedient, but the result is not up to you. It is up to me. That is how we walk and work together. So do not forget where your help comes from. Do not forget from whom all blessings flow. Remember me. Isn't that beautiful? And it's not just beautiful, but now I have something tangible that I can go back to. And I can go and because this is with the purpose of praying for my church, I can look at this and say, how do I need to pray? Oh, let me just read this, right? That our church remembers you, that the people who attend our church remember you, that whether they're going through trouble or whether they're on the highest mountain because life is good, that they remember God, the one who gave it. So, with that, that's a great word and a great prayer to end this episode on. So, join me next week for part two as we. We dig into hearing from God even more, and we dive into seeing Him speak. Dreams, pictures, and visions that He speaks through.